This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to Ali Le Rouge. I'm your host, Peter Hooten, and I'm joined by regulars Keith Colvin, Stephen Monaghan, John Nicholson, and a very special guest, John Coleman, the manager of Accrington Stallion. So, where do we start? It's been a fortnight since our last podcast and everything was looking fairly rosy then, but uh, we did just had two draws, uh, one against West Brom and Newcastle, and then a defeat to Southampton, but it wasn't too bad. We were thinking this is the blip, this is the bad patch, but the result against Burnley at home sent shockwaves through the, uh, not just the fan base, but also the football world, really. Uh, Twitter went mad last night. Uh, Liverpool had remained unbeaten for nearly four years at home in the league. Uh, break, a record-breaking run of 68 games. So has it been the writing on the wall for a few weeks now? And where's it all gone wrong? I'd like to start really with our special guest, John, who's in a straight jacket at the moment. <laughs> rage. We'll be back in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, you have these spells and sometimes you can't put your finger on it, you know. I think you remember last time I was on, we were saying that the, the good thing about Liverpool is whenever they're not playing well, they always find a way. Well, all of a sudden, now they've stopped finding a way. Yeah. And a lot of these games that we've seen in the last, what, three or four weeks, we'd seen them in the past. The difference was we were scoring a goal and winning the game. And then it gets pushed under the carpet because, you know, you just go on, you carry on that run. And that, that's sometimes the sign of a good size when, you know, sometimes they've been breathtaking the season, don't forget. You know, the, the likes of the Leicester game, Chelsea away, they've been fantastic. Yeah. But I think I think one of the problems they've got now is they've got a little bit of self-doubt and it can quickly spread into your team. And it's, pardon me, French, it's a bugger to get rid of. Yeah. You know, I mean, Acklington themselves have been on a good run and then we've gone three games now without scoring. And you're thinking, flipping out, what have we got to do to score? And you miss chances that you shouldn't miss. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, then you stop making chances and you start to get a bit worried. And then players tighten up. And I think the, the, the thing about last night is it reminded me of, you know, when Arsenal scored in the last minute to win the league off us. Everybody in the ground could sense they were going to score. Yeah. And I think everybody at home watching could sense that Burnley were going to nick one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I certainly did anyway. And I think the players are getting a little bit anxious now. And so, so I think it is psychological, is it is in the heads at the moment. I think very much so. You know, and you've only got to look at how how tense we are with the deliveries into the box. Now you go back to two or three months ago, but you look over the last eighteen months since and uh, Andy Robinson, the crosses have been unbelievable. They do it without thinking. It's yeah. in the stride. They don't break stride. They whip them in. Seventy percent of them are on the are on the money. Now, they're trying to be more careful, more cautious, possibly delaying it a little bit longer, maybe having too many touches. And in, a, in, an, in an attempt to get perfection, it's going, to, it's going awry. And yeah. It's in that, I just think they just need a little bit of, a little bit of luck. Mm. So, oh, when it's the underside of the bar and goes in, Liverpool win that game 4 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important what you're saying there about the... A lot of our players come from the fullbacks, isn't it, over the years? And oh, yeah. effectively, you said on this podcast, John, effectively we played with two centre halves, Gomez yeah. and Van Dijk. And they basically the fullbacks acted as wingers, isn't it? 
and, and you look at the assists, 2018, 19, something like 20-odd assists. When we won the league last year, it was, I think it was 25. You look at it this year, the assists are like one from Trent and five from Robertson. Now, we're only halfway through the season, but we're not halfway on the assists. So, generally, um, Keith, do you think that's what it's all down to, the fact that we've lost our centre-halves? So we've had to adopt a different way of playing. And whether Trent or Robertson are under instruction, they don't seem to be playing on instinct. They seem to be playing thinking, we can't leave Fabinho or Henderson at the back or, or Matip and Fabinho. Is that what you think it is? That is that is that crucial? I think, you know, a lot of factors have got us to this stage. You know, players a lot players are gonna lose form, aren't they? And at some stage or the other, you know, we've been in a fantastic run. I think obviously the, the loss of the two foot uh, centre arms has had an effect in respect for me is that we've lost the balance of the team because Fabino's gone back into midfield into there. Now Henderson's going in there. And whereas the fullbacks pushed on when we had the proper centre halves. And they covered for them, but now there doesn't seem to be the balance in midfield to be covering for them. And I think they are a bit sensitive going forward in respect to trying to not leave gas behind them. But I also think teams have worked us out a little bit to stop us from playing. I think that teams have sort of stopped Trent and, and certainly Trent, Trent seems to have been off the pace a little bit, but I'm not knocking the lads. I just think teams have sort of sussed them out or got a way of stopping them from getting as, as effective as he has been. Same with Robertson. And I think the whole balance of the team has been... Knocked sideways because of the two centre halves not being there. You know, ordinarily, Emerson's in the middle of the midfield driving us forward. Thiago's a fantastic footballer and made up we got him. Um, he'll take his time to bed in properly. But we're missing Emerson's driving midfield. You know, Bernardo played, still plays a game. He done well last night. You know, he went on a fantastic run last night and we nearly, nearly scored from it. But he looks like he's on his way out, isn't he? So, you know, whether he is or not, only time will tell. But I just think I just think we lost the balance of the team in midfield, and it's having an adverse effect on us. Mono, in terms of uh, what you saw last night, did you see that car crash coming? Could you could you sense that that was going to come, or do you think we we probably sensed it, but we didn't want it, want to think it? I think if you know what I mean. Um, the, the games, even go back to the uh, the Crystal Palace game, you know they had the first twenty minutes of that game. Yeah. But every shot we had, we scored from it. Yeah. Great, great results. Kick on from there. You know, Fulham, Fulham had a good goal with us, didn't he? You know, the first 20 minutes, half an hour, we got the draw out of it. But then all the other games, they've all been similar games, haven't they? That, that we've played, you know, the West Brom, you know. Um, but then we have the scintillating football against Leicester, Tottenham, you know, Wolves, and we battled them. You know, great, great games. We're thinking, we'll move on from that now, but... I totally agree what the lads just said there. I think, you know, the whole balance of the team, it just comes down to the centre-backs and the worry about, like, um, when when other teams counter-attack us, you know, have we got the, you know, have we got the pace at the back or, is the, you know, the lads good enough for the back who are playing centre-backs no matter who it is. Um, I, I just really think, you know, you, it's been said, you know, John and all this more, you know, as a football manager, probably, you know, you, you can carry two or three players, but, when they're off form, or when you're getting seven and eight players off form, possibly it's it's tough to to, to do. But I think uh, you call it, a, you know, the media have been calling it a crisis. But you know, being our Liverpool fans, we we like to say it's a blip. But we've we've got we've got to get out of this um, rut that we're in uh, sooner rather than later. Otherwise, you know, you know, we could fall behind here. It's you know, for me, that's the worrying part about it. You know, after 
Only only you know what a month ago we topped the league, you know, we pointed out, you know, we're in the Champions League, everything was all right, you know, even with the injury, you know. But we've always said, you know, even looking forward, what if Fabinho gets injured, you know, yeah. and then we're struggling again a bit more, you know, at the, at the back to, to, to get a sense of that because Massive's always not fit all the time, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that was it was so 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 frustrating the other night. John, do you think um do you think that's a case of certain teams are sussed us out? You know, the you know, the teams that you know are gonna come and defend. Do you think they have sussed us out or do you think it's a case of I think there was a stat last night that Trent put uh, eighteen crosses in and not one of them uh, got to a red shirt. I mean, is that sussing Liverpool out or is that just I, I think so, because if you if you think back this was happening. This happened early on. I know we've had them great performances, like one I just mentioned, uh, Leicester Spurs, even Ajax. I think um, where, where we were right on onto them from from the start and what have you. But if you think back to West Ham and Sheffield United, they made it really difficult for us. There was a difference in them them games, Chelsea. Yeah, you know. So so where did Sussed us out, if you like, and the way that they, they, they're all like um, got that narrow block that, that they have, and in a way, they've been given Robertson and, and Trent the space. You know, well, could you get a ball in them? But there's eight of us in the area, so likely there's one of us defender wise is going to clear it. But in the West Ham and Sheffield United games, Jossa made a difference. So, so losing the two cents of ass has been absolutely, you know, the main reason for where we, we're. You know, that we haven't been able to kick on in, in the league, if you like, and be more consistent. But Jota losing him compounded it because that little bit of difference that we had, that teams hadn't just us out for, was taken away, taken away from us, you know, um, at the end of that game there in Richland. Um, but yeah, last night's game in a nutshell, just totally, totally frustrated. Um, on Sunday, the Man United game, about 15 minutes ago, I said to myself, I'll take nil nil here because I can only see United sneaking this one nil. And shortly after that, Pogba, he should have, but but he never. And to be honest with you, last night before 70 minutes, I said to myself, I'll take nil nil here because I can only see Burnley pinching this the way that things were going. John, as a manager, um, I mean, what would you be saying to the players? How how do you lift the players? I know Klopp is all about belief. But you know, you you were saying you've had a few bad results. You can't score. I mean, what is does it become a you know just becomes a psychological thing that you can't, you can't get over? You can't put too much emphasis on it because all of a sudden, then you're thinking you're thinking negative thoughts. You're thinking, oh, we've got to score. We can't score. We can't score. And yeah. if you reaffirm that enough, it'll come true. You know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to. I'm not saying to make light light out of it, but you've got to try and take the focus off. And you've got to try and shift the parameters for what success is. So, success for Liverpool at the moment, for me, would be making lots of chances. And if you make lots of chances, eventually it'll come. Now, Liverpool, over the last two years, have made chances that they're coming out their ears. Yeah. The, you, you can say they made half chances last night. The Salah one was probably a good save. But we're not creating good chances. So, we've got to get back to that. Now, how you get back to that, we've got to play with a little bit more freedom. Uh, you've got to be prepared to lose the ball in the final third. You've got to... We've stopped running by people. So, if you take Mane out the equation, nobody else runs past the player. Very, very rarely. Thiago has started to jing past people. But 
very rarely does anyone take anybody on. And when defences are getting set, you need someone to break a line. Now Thiago's capable of breaking a line with the pass, but then the next the next action or movement has got to be positive. And too yeah. often we're breaking the line with the pass, then coming back out and starting again. Yeah. So we're having 20, 30 passes to make a chance when the, the chance should, and should be made after three or four. Because all, all likelihood, no disrespect to Burnley, because Burnley don't believe they can come and get a result of the right to show. You're going to get the ball back off them quite quickly. Mm. Seems like Burnley, seems like West Brom. Um, and, you know, uh, he's, uh, Peter Sean Dyson, he, he, he speaks to me about when they play against Liverpool, they say, you know, it, it's a physically and a mental battle. For the 90 minutes, you know you're not yeah. going to have the ball. You know you're chasing your tail. And, you know, yeah, yeah. for sticking in and winning the game. You know, fair play to them, well done. But what do you think? What do you think you know, and again, if, if the manager can just lighten the load on him, I know he was tired too last night. He's saying, blame me, don't blame the players. And I've, yeah, tried, yeah. I've tried that sack many a time. Um, and sometimes the players see through that a little bit. I mean, again, you can make it light-hearted. I mean, after the game on, on Tuesday, we got beat 3-0. And I come out in the, in, the, in the media and I said, listen, we haven't become a bad team overnight. It's took us a couple of weeks. And, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, Liverpool, they haven't just become a bad team. But it's a combination of, of teams sussing us out a little bit and us thinking, well, we always find a way now. Oh, well, if we're not going to find a way, it's not going to yeah. happen. And yeah. the problem you got is if you don't score after 15 minutes, the, the, the mountain of, a, of a, a expectation... Yeah. And the dread, oh, this is going to be another game without a goal. Yeah. Just mount and mount and mount. Someone, to... someone said to me on 20 minutes left, like, it'll soon be 80. You know, yeah. when we were, and, that, and it, was, it, was, it was a perfect description, really, because that's what you're counting down for. Let's get an early. So when Origi misses that chance, he puts that away. Yeah. We're not having this conversation. I, no, but you've got to try and take that out the equation. And, you know, I, I was trying to take positives out of last night. And the one positive I could take out of it was Salah, when he came on, looked really up for it. Now, I've been critical of Salah in the past that he just lets the ball run away from him deeply. He doesn't tire in. He doesn't look as though he's given the impression that he's working hard. Last night he did when he came on, I thought. Yeah. I thought he, he was a breath of fresh air when he came on, to be fair. Keith, is this a fully blown crisis? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's a crisis. You know what I mean? You know, for the last two and a half, three years. You're not on social media, though, are you? No, 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 thank you. <laughs> so I don't see that. But, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of, as we spoke about, there's a lot of combinations come together at once here, which is causing this, this bit of a run that we're on. But, you know, I, I really feel, and I know everyone talks about it, and I'm not looking for excuses by a long stretch, but. I do really feel we're missing. We are missing the crowd. It's, you know, I can't even watch it on the cell anymore. It's, it's completely doing me other. It's so sterile. It's 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 just nothing for me. I don't, John may say different. I don't know because obviously you're on the on the touchline. You may see a bit more intense when you're watching a game of football like that. It's like you know, when you watch amateur football, it's intense when you're standing right next to well, it. I agree with you there, Keith. Because I've known like in my in stomach, I'm not getting the same buzz. Yeah. With our games, even yeah. you yeah. know, there's no interaction. Yeah, so I really feel Liverpool as a as a team, no matter the club. You know, you can go on about the club financially wise, but the team have missed the play, uh, the, the crowd. There's no, you, you can't get away from that fact. And I think in game, it's like it's like the young lads. You know, I feel sorry for the young lads who come in. You know, because I don't think they've done much wrong. 
but he's, he's chose to ignore them and go for experience. And again, going back to before about it having a bit of an um, and having an effect on the team as balance wise. But if, if the crowd were there, they, they get a big lift off to the young players and everything else, and they get a bit more confidence. And you know, it's just a snowball effect, isn't it? So I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is go goes back to finances, and I'm gonna, gonna ask Ronald this question next about. Uh, Finances. Uh, now, Klopp came out last night after the game, didn't he? And sort of like saying, "Look, buying a centre half is not my decision, really." You know what Klopp's saying is all. Look, saying, "Look, I want a centre half." I just FSG. Well, well we, we spoke about this uh, two weeks ago when we done the last one. You know, we I think I said, um, "Surely, Klopp goes to the owners and say, look, I need a, I need a player as soon as possible to come in our defence.' Surely." He would have backed them. Now that's that's in the real world. We don't know because of what's going on with the pandemic and everything. You know, is anyone buying? Is anyone selling? You know, because this is the way the, the world's crazy at the moment. Um, maybe maybe it's it's because of all that. Um, but was that a slight dig at the owners? What what he said possibly well, last I, night? I thought, yeah, he never really talks like that, does he? No, that's well, exactly that's, that's what I'm saying. You know. I think well, you've got to remember now, though, you know the way football's gone? I'm probably a throwback to, I think there's only a, a few of us left now, but as I am breathe, it's not always the manager's decision now when, when recruitment's a place yeah. and, and the choice of bringing players in doesn't always come down to the manager. Like In, in my case, it does. And there's a, there'll be a few other managers like me. But the majority of managers, especially the top end in the Premier League, it's all uh, recruitments, uh, committees, yeah. um, there's directors of football involved, and a lot of it is taken out of the manager's hands. John, but was that what he was uh, saying yesterday, though? Well, yeah, yeah statements. Listen, I was raging that much. The button went off. <laughs> <on the> whistle. <laughs> well, I, I stayed up listening to it. I, I kept my phone on for five minutes, and my phone went berserk with all the Evertonians. And social media was off the scale, so I turned it off in the end. I, we, I've got, a, we've got a few Evertonians who play for us. And I was dreading going in. It was like, you know, when you were a kid at school, you'd go to the derby and you were dreading going to school. Yeah. I was dreading it going in today with Sean McConville. And yeah. so he'd left his boots in the changing rooms when we were going down to the training ground. And the physio gave them to me to bring down to him. So I've seen him coming back. Yeah. And I've got out the car and threw them over the fence into the day. <laughs> Made them climb over and get them up the net. There we go. I was there. John Nicholl. I just... Put social media off. I thought there's no way tonight. I put it off straight away. Didn't want to look, watch any analysis. And I thought there's no way tonight. I am not looking at Twitter absolutely for about three weeks. I'm just not going to go there. And I just went and thought I'm just going to watch the news instead. And I watched the news, and the BBC Northwest news comes on, and the weather comes on at the end. Right, you wonder where I'm going with this, but you know, like they have a map of the Northwest. And they only ever put one or two or three cities or towns on the map. And they're always random. And last night it was Liverpool and Burnley. And I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> that's deliberate. Yeah. yeah, of course. Someone's yeah. done that for a laugh. I haven't heard from that Andy Mitten from United We Stand <clears> on Twitter for years. I mean, I did an interview with them last the other week, but he direct messaged me on that. To do the interview, but today he, he, he appears on Twitter. You oh, haven't heard from him for seven years. 
Well, my my social media is working on a building site in central Manchester. I tell you now, I walked in this morning, and every man and his dog were on were on to me. So yeah, yeah. it's 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 just the way it is at the moment. And what was your response to them, Keith? Uh, I can't broadcast it on the end of the Well, mine was when I was in work this morning, six o'clock this morning. Right away, the Evertonians were on to me. Well, you know, your, your bubbles burst. I said, look, football's about highs and lows. We have highs. When we have highs, we win trophies. Your highs is watching Liverpool get beat. That's it. Yeah. And it was game over that I just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, but going back to the fans uh, mm. and not being in there, what I've found, now I don't know whether this is the same for the, for the players and other people involved in football, but the wins don't, don't get anywhere near like the thrill that you normally get. And the defeats don't hurt as much. Yeah, that's that's what I've found over the last twenty games. That it's a combination of both of them. So the eyes aren't really high, and the lows aren't really low. Yeah. But John, it's not like no, the fans. Keith, no, the fans. But everyone's the same, though, aren't they? Every club, you know, whether you know, you see that. You know, the same teams, you know, for the last couple of years, have been getting slaughtered by their own fans. Who, who probably, you I'm not saying you don't miss them, but. You know, there's certain teams who wouldn't bother not playing in front of some fans sometimes because it gives them a bit more. Yeah, tell you what, Ross Barkley would have loved it to be no fans, wouldn't he? When he was at Everton, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you, know, well, you? you know, I'm not saying Liverpool. We we all been in Anfield when it's like a, like a morgue. So you know, I'm not saying we're the best club in the world for the you know for the um, excitement and, and atmosphere. But lately, we have been, and you can't deny that. And it's, the players, I just think the players are missing it. I really do. Uh, there's been talk a lot today about uh, Thiago's role. You know, he's he's come in. We have, since he's come in, we haven't really scored. You know, he's he's you know he's obviously a very talented footballer. But did the man said something about slowing Liverpool's game down? I mean, would you would you take that seriously, John Coleman? No, no, not at all. I think it's just he's taking his time to settle in. You know, he's only played three or four games, hasn't he? Played two games at Anfield as well. Um, just watching his passing, he, he's not up to speed yet fully. So you see him, he's blowing up after about 50 minutes in the games now, I, th- I think, anyway. But his passing is a joy to watch. He breaks lines like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I think once the once the rest of the players get on the same wavelength, that yeah. will be the solution to, to unlocking defences. And what mm. you've you got to remember is, <clears throat> it's all well and good saying we're missing the, defense, the defenders. One of the reasons we're putting Fabinho in there, and we're missing him in midfield because he does receive the ball in tight areas, and he's physically strong to mind the ball, turn and and recycle it the other way, and that's what unbalances defenses. Now, when you've got if you've got Thiago and him playing together in the midfield, you know, and then you've got Wijnaldum, you've got Henderson, we then have so pretty much a strong midfield that will get us going further forward to make an unbalanced defenses defenses and make chances. And I think I think over the next three or four weeks you'll watch him. He's a top player, then. Yeah, and he'll only get better. I think. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Do you think it'd be a case, uh, Mono, then of like maybe? I mean, he did try them out, didn't he? The youngsters as centre back, but now Matt, hopefully Matt is fit. Touch wood, uh, he stays fit. You know, maybe trying him with them with Matt up again. And getting Fabinho back into his natural position. Well, unfortunately now because of the way we, you know, we've we've dropped a lot of points and the position that we're in, he's got to play strongest team every game now, and he can't. I don't think he can take a chance, you know, on on anyone. 
who's got a, a bit of suspicion with, you know, and that's not against the, the young lads who, who've been in, by the way. But going back to what John said there, you know, we definitely, you know, I've said that myself, you know, if, you know, Fabinho and uh, Thiago, I can't believe where the man's coming from there on that one, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, because we know how crazy footballer he is and he's going to be great for Liverpool in uh, in that role. But that balance that we do have in that midfield when we would have had them three or four, you know, in, in there with Edison yeah. or Owen Alden, you know, that we, we are a different uh, an animal than I think. And then you maybe we see the front three getting getting created, uh, the, the balls through, what, what they're missing now probably. You know, Shaq did it to an extent last night, didn't he? He was trying to find that killer ball freedom, mm. you know, for Manny all the time, wasn't he? There you know, seemed to be a, um, there seemed to be, do you think, John Nicko, do you think, there seemed to be a shoot on sight policy last night, didn't there? You know, there more shots, yeah. Because we haven't been scoring from outside here. We've been trying to walk the ball in with the perfect goal, but there seemed to be a shoot on sight, and maybe that's what went to Origi's head, where he was like, you know, we could have taken it a bit further, couldn't he? Uh, the slotted it, side footed it past the goalie or given it to Manny, you know? Yeah, um, well, you're right. I think, well, I think we needed to, to try and shoot a bit more. And that's why when, when I saw Loxley Chamber on the team, I thought, well, he'll have a go as well because he can pick it up and it's in him because we haven't done enough of that lately. Um, but I think Arigi had two shots, didn't he, which were more or less down the keeper's throat, really. Yeah. Uh, Shakira had one which went just wide and then obviously the, the, the breakaway, um, which, which, he, which he had the woodwork from. But I think in the second half then, I think there was only two shots on target, wasn't there? One was Salah's one at the near post. And one was off um, Alexander-Arnold, I think. Yeah. And I think... Mourinho had a flick that got kicked off the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had a flick that, that got kicked off the line, more or less. But, so the keeper didn't say that, but I think the keeper only made two saves in the second half. Yeah. yeah. It seems no, to be, so be like a game... Second half seemed to be like a game of uh, centre and heading, didn't it? But the heading was not coming from our players. It was coming from me. and we, we, we call them sessions crossing and missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, do you think, uh, looking forward to um, Sunday's FA, do you think it's, he's got to go with his strongest team, John? Um, I, I, hope, I hope he do. Give it. I, think, I think a win with our strongest players. Um, against you think Man United play alongside, and this is a realistic chance of silverware now because I honestly think we are genuinely in a fight to finish in the top four. I honestly do, um, yeah. and you know we dismantled Leicester, and since then, you know Leicester have been okay. It hasn't tempted them. Yeah. Um, so all in sense of purposes, we've dismantled Everton, and you know Everton have the the opportunity to go four points ahead of us now. Listen, there's still half a season to go, and the first are capable of winning six games on the spin. Yeah, but they've, they've got to start scoring goals. You know, one one of the things that it's not alarmed me, but it's it's intrigued me. The combination between Mane and Robertson just seems to have disappeared completely, mm-hmm. and that was a feature. You know, it was as if they were telepathic. Yeah, you know, for big periods of the last last two seasons. That just seems to have gone out the window. I don't. I can't really recall them really passing to each other. Yeah. Do you think that could be a case of though the fact that Robertson's always thinking about what's behind him? You know. The, so, yeah, I'd like that. to think that, but then you see, they still don't. The, the fullbacks still don't offer over cover for me. You know, I mean, 
you seen the one last night where he got in and he, he was slightly offside and he's volleyed it and Allison's made a good save. Yeah. And you know, that's not a that's not a, a defender caring about defending, is it? You know, I still think they're playing the same way. I just think that because they're not having the success going forward, it's getting highlighted, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Keith, would you play uh, the strongest team on Sunday? Without doubt, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd like to see him bring in one of these young centre halves again and, and, and bolster the midfield. You know, and get get up as best a midfield we can to, to take them on. Because you surprised I, Keith that he didn't play Nat Phillips last night because of the way they just game, wasn't it? You know, he's a big yeah, strong you know, lad. You know yeah, I mean? Them two aren't going to run away from you, are they? No, and it's yeah. a physical battle. You know yeah, what I mean? I thought, I thought he was a shoe in to play Nat Phillips last night. I did myself, mate. But you know, obviously he chose with experience, and I, and I do feel sorry for the young lads because you know. To my own personal opinion, anyone who's come in has not let us down. You know, all right, uh, Reese Williams got outpaced by the young kid from Villa. All right, but he, he, he played well against Addy Kane. So, you know, it's, I just feel sorry for him because he's done nothing wrong. And I'd put one of them in on Sunday to move Fabinho back into midfield, as, as, as Mono said, as massive fit. Because United are on a great side. You know what I mean? They're doing probably what we've done, as John's picked up on before. They're just winning games by the old goal. They're just finding a way to win. But this, you know, their defense is, is awful. But I mean, I think we just got to go for it on Sunday. It's it's a one-off game, you know. There's no replay, extra time penalties, whatever you want to call it. So we just got to go for it. Yeah, go for, put your strongest side on the pitch. Marlo, you you doing the same? Yeah, West Bromwich United. They're in it on Sunday. <laughs> Definitely go, a go with a strong team. You know, we we don't play, you know you know to Sunday. Then we haven't got a game till Thursday. Then hopefully you know there's. Four days, you know, to get refreshed again. I know then we got the uh, West Ham game the following Sunday, but the old thing, and then one game at a time, you know, we don't want to get beat by uh, by United, do we? You know, and listen, to have a couple of now, uh, it'll go down well for us. It maybe give a lot of confidence as well. Um, and and as, as we all know, we need a win, yeah. no matter what. <clears throat> we need a goal, don't we, John? I mean, we, yeah, yeah, are we, John, are we. Going for the strongest team and try and get that win to get the confidence. Yeah, we've absolutely got to. You know, I don't think there's any choice myself. We just got to go with the strongest possible team that we that we can play. You know, I mean, Klopp understands and his medical staff who, who maybe needs a break, who's played too much or whatever. But but fitness wise, if they're fit, I think they should be on the pitch, not on the bench. Yeah, and in terms of, um, I mean, when you're saying that. Would you say keep with Trent because he seems to be trying to play Trent through his problems, doesn't he? I mean, John, can you, as a manager, would you be doing that or would you be saying no? Give him a, give him a. But he doesn't seem to have got over his COVID, does he? Since he was had COVID and his, you know, it doesn't seem to. I mean, is that a possibility? You've had COVID, COVID, haven't you? Well, I, I might start reeling that excuse out for our lads because don't start winning soon because we had 17 out yeah and then COVID so you know a lot of, a lot of you don't know what the long term effects are it's a frustrating one thing last night I probably would have took him off and put Milner on for the last 20 minutes because they were they were showing cracks down that side yeah. and it, it was like rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat I'd still have to play him through it because I still think he's done enough over the last two years to to earn the right to go through a blip and, and come out the other side. And, you know, it just needs one good cross that gets headed in and his confidence will lift. 
you know, that one that he hit, if that goes in, you know, did, the frustrating thing for me was the free kick right at the end of the first half. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I just wanted to yeah. run off. Yeah. It was, yeah. you don't have to go over the wall with them. Just hit it as hard as you can. Yeah. And he's got a, he's got a terrific strike on him. And I just think we complicated that and made it, made it more difficult than what it is. And when things aren't going right, they play on your mind. And, you know, putting it 20 yards over the bar. I'd have to play him through it. I would. And, you know, I, I know there's only so long you can go with that, but, you know, it's only been a couple of games that he hasn't played as well, hasn't it? Well, you know, you talk about Trent, if you talk about Trent, he's had one assist this year, which is like, he, you know, halfway yeah. through last season, he had seven or eight. You know? Yeah, but he has been stop-start with the COVID as well. Yeah, yeah. He's only, he's looked, two or three games, he's looked well below par, hasn't he? Possibly more, but certainly no more than five. So, for how well he's done, you know, what would his market value be now? Did you he... know, all right, I know COVID has, has changed that lot slightly. But you're talking 70 million, north of 70 million, aren't you? Yeah. North yeah. of 80 million. Has he become a bad player overnight? No, no, he hasn't. Definitely yeah. not, has he? Yeah. 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 In terms of... Um, the next few weeks or the next few games is absolutely massive, I think, for the club in terms of, I mean, how does Keith out? Do you, do you think with the way Klopp was talking last night, he seemed to lose lose it a bit at half-time with Dyson and he don't know what was going on there and they both brilliantly never spoke about it, which was fantastic. But, I mean, do you think the pressure is beginning to show with Klopp? Um, you know, only you'd be able to answer that question. You know, this, you know we... Before Christmas only when he was having to go over the subs and you know we had that tip for tap with the, the fella from BT. Nothing's gone right since then, has it? No, it hasn't, but you know, he was right, he probably within his right to say what he said. He was never gonna win that argument. But anyway, but saying that he's under pressure, I wouldn't say so. I think, you know, as John said, you know, the players have earned the right to come out of this blip and so's the manager, you know what I mean? You got you gotta back him because he's been here for five years and for three years we've been fantastic. So, this this month, you know, it could redefine how we go on with the rest of the season. You know, the good things or bad things. When we have played, you know, other than possibly Man United, the bigger teams, as we spoke about Leicester and Tottenham at home and Everton away and Chelsea away, we we played well, haven't we? So yeah, yeah. I know we played Brighton, I know we got Tottenham as well, but we got City, Everton, and um, Leicester, haven't we? In February, so if we, you know, if we come out of them positively with with results. We could be back on track before you know it. So I just think we just got to keep plugging away, and the managers just got to keep faith with the players. Through the thick and thin, Mono, is that the philosophy? Yeah, it's, it's you know that's everyone's philosophy. Isn't it? You know, um, we could, as as you said, you know, we look forward to the next game. You know, seeing Milner coming out today, you know, we we go we'll go again. We've got to go. We'll all be ready for the next game. Now we we've been saying that on a weekly basis. You know, beat Man United, let's get on track. You know, we get to the door. Let's be Burley. This is the one tonight. You know, and then, yeah. you know, so it's blip after blip, isn't it? So, so the next the next game is always the important game, and it's you know it's the FA Cup. And then after that, you know, we go to Tottenham. That's a massive game for us. You know, yeah. um, I can't wait for that one to be honest with you. I'd love to be in the ground there to, for uh, for that one. You know, but obviously we all can't go. But uh, John, it's, it's it's the next few weeks. It is. We'll redefine yeah. our season. Yeah. Yeah, John, yeah, John, you've, got been... drink, you've got an alcoholic drink in your hands. 
Is that <laughs> is that a sign or and a desperation now? No, 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 we we we've been massively unfortunate with injuries. There's no doubt about that. Um, we've been and this this sounds a bit of tribalism or whatever, but we've been really unfortunate with dubious decisions all season. You know, we'll say that's without doubt, like other people will say that's the way it is and what have you. Um, but you know, it's not that long ago this team was, was brilliant, and even this season had some brilliant performances. Uh, we mentioned before at home, Leicester Wolves, um, Ajax, and, and all of that. Like, uh, you know, and for, for three years now, like, just more or less the same group of players have been absolutely brilliant. So, okay, we've had a bad month. The sooner we can pick it up, the better, you know, obviously. Uh, but what we all just got to stick together, stick with it, carry on believing. And we'll soon be back there, and hopefully we will finish at least second. It's probably maybe unlikely we can win it now because I think Man City will just will will win it again this season. But we can certainly beat the rest and get closer to Man City than they can. That's you know, a bit of Peter's, John. We're only halfway through the season. No, I think it's just realistic. I think the way it's going to your head. Okay, <laughs> drinks gone to your head. I, 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 well, I, I, just being a bit realistic, I think if anyone is going to beat us, the only team that's better than us, I think, is Man City. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the others are, only Man United are. I, I think it's an interesting point with the contentious decisions, though. I mean, even if you go back to last night, there was a, there was a, a hint of handball in the first half that just got dismissed. Never yeah. got looked at. That's Liverpool, they're showing that 20 times. If that's a Liverpool player, yeah, and it got, got dismissed quickly. But the, the, the remarkable thing for me was was the booking for Vibinio. Yeah, now, yeah. can you tell me what he's done wrong there? Because I can't. The only transgression was by their player who flicked out as he was going down. Yeah. The, the lads, I think it was Ashley Barnes, he's initiated the contact. Yeah. You know, Fabinho's going backwards. And he'd already been booted. Yeah. So he would have he been off, yeah. But that could have played a little bit of a part in him not challenging as vociferously that led to the penalty. Yeah, it absolutely did, John. Because he's on a yellow card. He's on a yellow card for nothing. For nothing. So, you know, you, you can't you can't underestimate the way that things go against you with, with officials. And the, the last thing you can do is hide behind it because we've been on the end of some absolute horrendous decisions. You know, I've got speed dial to the head of the, the, the league referees. <laughs> and honestly, every Sunday morning he's going, John, I can't explain. I can only agree with you. I can only sympathise with you. But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't help you. Change the no. decision. You lose the game because of it. And, you know, uh, we, we, we lost 1-0 on Saturday and there was four major decisions that he got that the referee got wrong in the first half. Mm. And, you know, one of our players got carried off after 10 minutes, smashed his nose and it was a horrendous challenge. Didn't even give a free kick. And yeah. things like that, little things like that can build up into a game and it can just stop your momentum. And I think Liverpool have been really unlucky. Now, on the flip side of that, we did get a lot last season. So, but I, I don't subscribe to the swings and roundabouts. I just like them to be fair. And I just want to so angry, wasn't it, at half time? You could yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the VAR has been anywhere near fair to us this season. You know, you're getting referees making decisions wrong. And then another referee making it wrong in the, in the studio. And, you know, some of the decisions that we've had against us this season is bored and farcical. Yeah. And, and we're about to play through them. Yeah. yeah. Is it a, a, a time where we just reflect and say, look, it's been since Klopp's come, 
it's been unbelievable. The last three seasons, we've been absolutely brilliant. We won the league last season. It's almost like after the Lord Mayor show. Yeah, but five weeks ago, we were top of the league, weren't we? And every, everything was saying, but when we get Van Dijk back, it'll be yeah. a greater company. We're going to win it again. Okay, it hasn't gone quite right. But I think if you remember last year, you know, they had the incident with the FA Cup and the, the arguments over it. There was a lot of a lot of mud slung at Klopp in the, in the media and he bit back a little bit. Yeah. And then he had a little bit of a dip in form, didn't he? For about two or three games. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know, after the World Club Championships and that. Yeah. And he soon got back on track. And yeah. I, in the back of my mind, I just think that maybe Van Dijk will be back sooner than what you think. I am surprised that they haven't gone into the loan market. If you can't sign a player, could they not have loaned a player? Yeah. That's the thing that's surprised me most. Mm. And that's what's given me hope that maybe Van Dijk isn't as far away as what we think. Yeah. Is it a case of listening to the lyrics of you never walk alone and for the fan base to, to really recognise what those lyrics mean? And we, yeah. you know, we sing, yeah. them, sing them all the time, but you know, some of the stuff I've seen on social media, it's absolutely laughable, you know. He said some of them are Matthew and Lazio, we all know as well. Yeah, it's just, well. you know, so it's it's strange. But listen, it's, it's no, everyone, time, everyone, everyone, everyone's got entitled to their opinion, as we know. Oh, listen, yeah. we, after the match, when we're at, you know, when we're in the ground, you know, we go, we go to talk, man. We have a pint, and then we'll argue all night, John, over, over, over the player or over it. It's, it's, you know, whatever. Over my soapbox, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's that's part of football, and you know, yeah. we, we, you know we, we all we, we all can agree on it. You know, we all know something's not right in the in the team at the moment. And, but the 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 loyalty out of us, you know, the maybe the, the nostalgic in our heads, you know, we'll never walk alone, we go again. You know, that's always in our minds. So you know, this is what we are, you know. It's 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 eyes and loads of footy, isn't it? It's yeah. all about doing it because you can raise people's expectations, you can't lower them. I mean, yeah. I don't go on social media, so I, I wouldn't know what the impact is of that. I can imagine it'd be great. But I can imagine now, I mean, we got to fifth in the league, Atkinson League one, getting to fifth in the league, it's obscene. And I can, I can imagine now we've lost our last two games. I can imagine me getting pelters on social media. Because fans, you've raised their expectations, you can't lower them. Yeah. You, are, you, you are getting pelters. I can imagine, I will do. No, you, you got it when you sang at the, uh, the ground, you remember? <laughs> Ever since you sang at the ground, nothing's gone right for you. No, we scored seven after that, so I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll just leave you with this. Um, uh, thanks for everyone for listening in, and hopefully, a bit of an insight there from um, from John, especially as a manager who's going through a bit of a bad patch himself. But Liverpool um, are the first English top like club to fail to score in four consecutive league matches but still be top of the league's top scoring yeah. teams and that hasn't happened since West Ham in 1967 <laughs> so yeah thanks for listening in hopefully we've uh, shed some light on what some of the problems are but I wouldn't call it a crisis I mean we've had blips before and we've bounced back and then we've laughed about the way people were acting during those uh, so-called uh, crises. So hopefully we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time for Ali LaRouge, and hopefully we'll have um, a lot better news and it'll be, things will be looking a lot more rosy. So I'd like to thank John Coleman, Keith Colvin, John Nicholson and Mono, 
and um, hold your heads up and uh, let's walk through this storm. Thank you very much for being listening to Ali LaRouge. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ali LaRouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.